welcome to Give Me Fiction. My name is Ivan Hernandez, and I'll be your host. Each month at Give Me Fiction, some of the finest minds in comedy, literature, and the arts write pieces based on a theme. Each week on this podcast, we deliver one of those readings to the listening public. On today's episode, we have a piece by writer Carrie Callahan. At the obsession-themed GMF, she told the story of the inner conflict of a butler for the vigilante he serves in Alfred. Other butlers, back when I had friends in the field, would snicker at the fact that I called him Master Wayne. (laughs) Lincoln emancipated the slaves, Alfred, someone once told me. It is markedly old-fashioned. What they don't understand is I started calling him Master Wayne to give that little kid some power after he saw Mr. and Mrs. Wayne get murdered. He didn't speak for a year following that incident. He was a tiny, silent eight-year-old. I would find him sitting on the floor in the corner of his nursery, staring at nothing, robotically tearing threads off the carpet. Me raising him was, of course, not the plan. Some aunt was the godmother, but she wasn't ready for parenthood and considered the assignment optional. He was an unclaimed child, and I felt a duty to make life manageable for him. Calling him master back then was something of an, inf- of an affectionate inside joke between the servants. I was running the manor, directing a staff of 20 and Master Wayne's education. Wayne Enterprises had a board full of angling buzzards in business suits, and I was acutely aware that Master Wayne would have to wrest control of the company back when the time came. I wanted him to consider himself a boss to develop that impenetrable layer of entitlement and self-assuredness a CEO needs. I come from a family of domestics, so I've always understood that a butler's job is at its heart about creating the psychological environment that supports grasping onto power. No one really needs anyone paying such fastidious attention to the ritual of a dinner service. The point is that the master experiences complete control of his daily environment, such that he feels unshakable confidence in extending that control to the rest of the world. Of course, Master Wayne was an extreme case of needing control established. When he spoke, finally, he asked for karate lessons. I was happy to arrange them. It was physical activity, it would build confidence, and it would give him some defense in a world that had revealed its cruelty to him too early. He was a karate whiz kid then jiu-jitsu, then judo, taekwondo, boxing, krav maga, muay thai. From 8 to 13, he lived to train. We brought private tutors into the manor to enable his passion for his time with the martial arts. When it came time for high school, I decided that he needed to navigate the society of other young people. So he was enrolled in Gotham's premier day school. That effort was a miserable failure. He spit at a teacher who corrected his grammar and broke the collarbone of a classmate who made fun of his acne. (laughs) We withdrew him before the school was forced to expel him. It was back to private tutors meeting with him in the nursery. I brought in a very expensive child psychologist who visited every other day with a big box of art supplies. All Master Wayne would do with her was to draw a detailed weapons schema and mold clay models of the same. She worked with him for four years and made enough to buy a beautiful horse ranch in Pennsylvania. As his guardian, I was privy to her clinical notes, and while she strongly considered a conduct disorder diagnosis, she didn't want to get to burden him with its criminal stigma. 
she settled for describing him as on the autism spectrum with severe PTSD. (laughs) She took him out to the horse ranch to try to develop his empathy. He got pretty good at jumping the horses, but I never saw an interest in their internal experience of being jumped arise in him. When he was 18, he dismissed the psychologist and began his fixation on crime. Every morning, he studied the police blotters of Gotham and its neighboring suburbs. Alfred, these fuck-ups, he would, he would sneer over his protein shake. Why do people choose to be such trash? Every drunken dispute, every petty theft, every small-time drug ring rankled him. Why should we tolerate people who think they are better than the law? Now, I believe I have a different perspective on those comments than a person unaccustomed to the wealthy. People with the means to employed household staff have been talking like this since the beginning of the class system. (laughs) It is neither possible or wise for a domestic to attempt political education. Master Wayne's perspective on the law was one of a young man who couldn't conceive of being contained or punished by it. I am not a heartless class trader. I have relatives whose young men, in their striving to make a name for themselves, ended up in prison, dead, or some combination of the two. But I know both my place and the limits of the imagination of the wealthy. A butler has never argued his employer into a nuanced view of society. (laughs) The best you can do is encourage a sense of pride in charitable donations. (laughs) I encouraged that in Master Wayne, but his obsession with crime faced no real obstacle. Wayne Enterprises produced billions in revenue without requiring his involvement. He was free to read the blotters, listen to police radio, and track crime on a giant map that took up the whole wall of his study, as we now refer to the nursery. (laughs) He thought the police were a bunch of incompetents protected by their union. (laughs) It's not hard, Alfred. I can tell you what alleys, on what days, what times someone will get robbed, get murdered, get sold drugs. It's just data collection. If they were as interested in stopping crime as they are in getting their overtime, crime would stop. (laughs) I did the best I could to steer him in a more constructive direction, pointing out the ways a business leader could enable that data collection. But by 22, he had chosen his path. He invested in an outrageous weapons collection. It became clear to the staff his purchases were illegal. Delivered in covered trucks with no plates. (laughs) For all his hatred of the police, police, it was easy for him to figure out who to pay off in the department. Their enthusiasm for looking the other way only added to his contempt. (laughs) Our small staff started to find other work. The housekeeper began to have nightmares of the bombs he bought burning the manor down, and the cleaning staff fled. Master Wayne imposed stringent security measures, such as regular blood draws, testing for drugs, and full body scans when we entered the manor, which lost us the gardeners and the valet. (laughs) The chef quit when he found what he swore was a tracking device on his hatchback's bumper. (laughs) Master Wayne is 35 now, and I've been the only staff at the manor for a decade. Every two weeks, we bring in a landscaping crew, but otherwise, it's him and me. 
The closest I came to leaving was when he came back from his first night of patrol. He had been working on the suit for a year, sending out specifications to the weapons firm he contracted with and dismissing the prototypes they sent back. I hadn't thought much of it. His arsenal was terrifying enough that the project of the suit seemed comparatively harmless. The ridiculousness also disarmed my concern. He looked to me like a homosexual scuba diver. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the last-minute addition of the the ears only increased the camp. (laughs) When he announced he was putting on the suit and going out to patrol those alleyways he had mapped, I anticipated meeting him in an ER. But he stayed out all night, and no calls from hospitals came in. In the morning, I brought him his protein shake, egg white omelet, espresso, and papers. When I opened the doors, I saw he was wrapped up in his bed, the shades still drawn. I set down the tray and shook his shoulder gently. Would you like me to wake you at a particular time, Master Wayne? Wake me up at three, he said into his pillow. And Alfred, I need you to clean the suit. It's in the cave. I smelled the suit before I found it. Blood smells like the heavy, sweet rotting of roadkill. He had left the suit crumpled in a corner of the cave, and in the shadows, it looked much like a beaten man. It was covered in the thick brown crust of dried blood. The weapons in the utility belt were also coated. The climbing hook had a chunk of flesh stuck to its point. The batarangs had bits of in their serrated edges. Even the taser and the ropes were alternately brown with crust or wet with dark red, with bits of hair, dirt, and small shreds of skin stuck on them. I fell to the floor and the cave spun around me. I threw up and considered my duties. The only thing to do was to take the suit to the police. But I had raised him to be a man who was quick to start fights and had never hung up a shirt. (laughs) Muay Thai or no... I believed being outnumbered in prison by the criminals he loudly proclaimed his disgust for would result in him being so much meat. And I feared him. I knew that if I became a target of his rage, losing my livelihood would be only the start of his revenge. The wealthy are as much a mob as the rabble they condemn. And no one would touch me if I burned Master Blaine. When they say they expect discretion, they are demanding complicity. So I washed the suit, I washed the batarangs, I burned the ropes. I woke him at three and he was full of life, a smug smile playing around his mouth all day. I read the blotters all week looking for whose blood that was. He caught my eyes darting to the page one morning and smirked. It was no no one you'd know, Alfred. (laughs) People the police don't even bother to report because we're all better off without them. Master Wayne, I said quietly, how do you know they didn't have children? His eyes narrowed narrowed into a glare. Criminals raise more criminals. (laughs) If those scum were fathers, I did their kids a favor. He went out again the next week. I washed the suit again. Within a season, patrols were a nightly habit. I had made the wise choice in my discretion. Master Wayne had, through campaign contributions, bought the right to traipse through the city with impunity. City council members, the mayor, prosecutors, and the police commissioner became frequent dinner guests. 
even tanked on exquisitely old Glenn Morangi and Krug, no one acknowledged Master Wayne's habit. The police themselves were disposing of the bodies. I learned he had been tracking the staff's vehicles, and if I had driven the suit anywhere that day, I would have become an, another easily erased body. When I was raising Master Wayne, I let my family and friends slip away. He is my only significant relationship. I've come to view my captivity as a just punishment for my daily creation of his character. <laughs> when I wash away the evidence of the deaths of the nameless, the criminals, the trash, the weeds he believes he is plucking out, I know I am also one of the decimated. Only the boldest, craziest, costumed psychopaths hold on to their morality in this city. My hands are not my own. My daily labor enables a war against people already beaten. Master Wayne calls me by the name my parents gave me, the name I've carried since infancy. I made the choice when it seemed like an act of love to call him master. Thanks so much. You can find Carrie online at CarrieCallahan.com and on Twitter at Carrie Callahan. Give Me Fiction's live show happens the first Sunday of every month at Lost Weekend Video in San Francisco, California. GMF is produced by Will Scoville. For news, updates, and more, check out GiveMeFiction.net at GMF Show on Twitter and Facebook.com slash GiveMeFiction. You can email us at gmfshow at gmail.com and can donate to the show through PayPal at the same address. I'm online at IvanHernandez.net and on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. Our theme song is provided by Power Pyramid, and you can check out more of their music at powerpyramid.bandcamp.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, you can rate and review us on the iTunes Store. This has been Gimme Fiction.